Welcome to In The Field Radio. I'm Aaron Boogie. I'm here with Miss Lady D. What's going on? We're sharing a mic tonight, so we'll see how this goes. Chris Cuomo and his brother Andrew, our governor, I don't know, people feel a way about him right now, but um, it seems like they're competing to see who could be the worst Cuomo. Which I'm surprised about. I was waiting for Chris to shove the sword through his brother. And instead, he's like, I can outdo you in offensiveness. Well, Chris said that he wasn't going to cover Andrew. He That he didn't want, because Andrew's going through his own little thing right now in the press. I don't know if we can say it because the FCC guidelines. Uh, harassment. How about that? Right? So he's under fire for the way that he's acted towards his aides. His brother, Chris, decided that he wasn't going to cover that. So there was already that going on. And then Chris said, hold the mic. So he went to hand it over to Don Lemon during a segment on CNN on Friday. Started singing the theme song to Good Times. And when Don Lemon asked him, how do you know the words to that song? He said, you know I'm black on the inside. I feel like he could have just said, you know, of course I know that song. It was the best show blah 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 and then dom he you know he couldn't be outdone so once chris started singing it he had to like jump in and try to sing it too but he was goofing up on some of the words in the beginning i i just feel like at this point you should know better yeah that would i don't i don't know i mean it was a black television show i just don't know why you would need to be black on the inside to have enjoyed it i guess is my point well, and to me, what was the reasoning for him to even start singing it? It didn't seem like there was a reason. I don't know. I, like, it didn't, it just kind of came out of nowhere for me when I was watching the clip. Yeah, I don't know what they were talking about beforehand. I mean, I I hear the lyrics and I'm like, yeah, man, looking out the window and watching the asphalt grow. Like, I guess that's what life is right now. I mean, it would be appropriate. It was just, I mean, I don't even know why Dom questioned him in the first place. Like, that was weird. Everybody watched that show. Yeah, the whole thing was just, it was awkward. Yeah, Bad. Cringe for both of them. They're both cringy. They both up there with, uh, who they up there with? Uh, Lena and, uh, with Jamel Hill. Cringy just like them. Cringe. Speaking of cringe, we have the cartoon cancellation thing going on right now. So last week we talked about Dr. Seuss's books getting pulled. So Dr. Seuss was partially canceled and this week it was peppy Le Pew on looney tunes which i mean let's be real looney tunes have always been problematic yo yeah i never even thought peppy Le Pew was funny like it was just never funny to me that she was the same color as a skunk or that he would be acting that way i seen a bugs bunny clip that was off the handle like it was crazy he dressed up like abe lincoln and was like what's this out here about you whipping slaves and then so Yosemite Sam was like, oh, no, nah, like I wasn't doing that because it's Abe Lincoln. He's like, never mind that. Here's my card. Contact me at my Gettysburg address. I was like, yo, this is a mess. It's a cartoon. So Pepe Le Pew is the least of Looney Tunes concerns, but not really, I guess. I, like, so that's super problematic. There was a lot of other problematic scenes in that show. But Pepe Le Pew was uh, like perpetually trying to take women down every single time like it was no that was his character period and i don't even know who thought that that's what they should do but um they also tried to like take 
the little Speedy Gonzalez they said was kind of bad. But I feel like yo Samity Sam, I mean, they're making fun of a southern, you know, Caucasian dude. So I mean, everybody was was stereotypically represented equally. I feel like, and even probably more so other races than black. And now it falls into that cancel culture that if it's inappropriate to one person, then the whole thing should be removed. Whereas back then it was like, yeah, it's problematic and it's funny. And so we're going to watch it. I wouldn't put that on from my nieces and nephews and things. There's a lot of cartoons that I watched that I would never, ever share with them. And I mean, our parents felt like that they should share that with us and watch it with us. My dad always watched it with us. So, I mean, I, I don't know. What do you think about that? Looney Tunes was a regular part of the Saturday morning cartoon routine in my household growing up. And my dad always made the comment that, you know, he grew up on those cartoons too. So he never expressed to me that he had a problem with them. He thought they were funny. He thought it was okay for us to watch. So I I don't know. It was, again, it was something I grew up on. So I'm not sure how I feel about it now. Because like you said before, Pepe Le Pew never sat right with me. But I, like some of the other, like Speedy Gonzalez didn't seem problematic to me at the time. Yeah, I just know like cartoons like Johnny Bravo, I would never share with my Another one, like even more recently, that's uh, like sexually assaulting people. Aqua Teen. Well, that was an adult cartoon in the first place. But Ren and Stimpy was crazy off the handle. Never would share that with my kids. But even some of the shows we watched, like, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Like, that show was scary. It wasn't, you know what I mean? It wasn't like the lighthearted TV show. It was like, okay, now I have nightmares. Yeah. But what about, like, Goosebumps and stuff? Like, we're, we're, we're pretty, we're pretty bad A. We're pretty bad A generation. Rocco's Modern Life. Bad. Oh Courage the Cowardly Dog. So bad. Bad, abusive, bad. Like, I don't know. I get it now. All right, well, let's get into our Ali Elohim interview. I had to make sure I said it right because I did not say it right in the beginning of the interview. But how did you feel about that interview? You came in a few seconds late. Yeah, but um, I was going to let you tell how he was so great and it was his first interview and it was just one of our favorite ones. So, I mean, I guess people can take away from that, you know, don't be nervous when it's not something that you typically do and you're and take your time. I think that that is the message that you'll get from that. Take your time, make sure everything's together and it'll be fine. I was excited and nervous when I found out it was his first interview. Cause sometimes it can go left and it's not anybody's fault that it goes left. It's just an experience. Sometimes it could be an uncomfortable experience if somebody's really nervous. And it was the complete opposite of that. It was probably one of my top five interviews that we've done. I think of all time, over the last two years he was extremely comfortable he was informative he was really sure of himself and it turned out so good and I'm like really excited to share it with people for real so we're gonna let y'all listen to it enjoy it tell us what you think and we'll be back okay welcome back to in the field radio I'm Aaron Bookie and I'm here with Ali Elohim did I say that right Elohim Elohim okay I knew I was gonna mess it up no you're good you're good Thank you so much, Ali Elohim, living the dream, though nothing is what it seems, pretty and polished, dropping knowledge through the radio to your college. I love it. Yeah. 
So tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, where you're from, uh, what was it like growing up? How did you get into music? Let's touch on all those things. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm born in San Jose, California, Shark City, San Ho, and as part of the SF Bay Area, we are in Northern California. Grew up listening to music, uh, all types. It's a big fan of Michael Jackson, um, as far back as I can remember. Then MC Hammer, you know, I just love the, the, the combination of dancing and rapping at the same time. I always liked fast music, high BPM music, fast rap. Um, then after that, I got really into Tupac. And to me, Tupac is the, the greatest rapper that's ever been on this earth. And uh, I have, you know, just uh, a strong, strong respect for that man. You know, rest in peace. And, and Nate Dogg, another uh, a West Coast legend, rest in peace. When he would sing, when he would bring that singing element and that R&B element to hip hop, especially West Coast hip hop, I just loved it. I just loved every time he would sing on choruses and hooks and um, it was just beautiful to me. So those are some of my inspirations, my true inspirations. Bone Thugs and Harmony, just love, again, fast, you know, just- Very melodic. Yeah, and then mixing it melodic. Mixing it with the, that's where the harmony, you know, comes in it's like thugs and harmony you got the the rapping and the harmony and so then uh later on in my life I I moved down to LA which is Southern California and so I've just been in California my whole life I've experienced Northern California Southern California you know grew up in in both you know Bay and LA um I believe are the the two hearts uh, of of the state um, I, sometimes I look at the Bay as the brain because uh, that's where Silicon Valley is and that's where the technology that's moving the world forward is being made. And, um, and then you have LA, which I kind of look at as the heart of California because that's where you have the arts and entertainment and uh, that whole industry. So um, I just feel very lucky to have grown up where I've, where I've grown up and uh, to experience what I've experienced thus far. So when did you get into making music? Making music. So, um, you know, I used to just hear beats and I used to just, just feel so moved, you know, like when I, when I first started hearing certain rappers, especially rappers that would rap really fast or do a complicated rhyme pattern, I would, I would, I would try to emulate it. And, um, it was, a uh, it was a little bit difficult for me, you know, and, and I, I, I like the challenge of trying, trying to do it and speak that fast and rhyme that fast, almost like tongue twisters, you know, like the, the other kids would do tongue twisters, like say this like three times fast, say this four times fast. And I loved just beating everybody. And I knew right then and there, like, this is what I like to do. I also always had a respect for the written word always loved reading and always loved poetry. The whole pen is mightier than the sword, you know. Um, I really liked that phrase, even though I didn't really believe it early on. Later on growing up, I saw how true it is. I saw how civilizations pass down their culture 
their education, everything, their history through the written word. The sword, you know, is, can win a war, it can defend something, but civilizations and cultures are built on the pen. And, you know, and then what's more powerful than mixing the written word with music? So the spoken word, I, I liked poetry and I loved music. And I just thought the combo of, of the two was just the most powerful thing on earth. I thought nothing can create the emotions that words mixed with music, spoken words through vocal cords, human vocal cords, through mixed with instruments, mixed with sounds, nothing's more powerful than that. And when I saw hip hop doing that, I was like, okay, this is, this is like what I want to do, but can I do it? And then that just let, uh, put me on this long journey where little by little I started doing it. So, so how I know, I know uh, that was kind of long, but so the whole tongue twisters, all that early on, I thought I was, I thought I was good at that. And then the poetry, I loved writing poetry. Then it just became about like freestyling, you know, like ciphers, like people were like, Oh, like who could, who could come with, who could burn someone, you know, with like the wittiest line, you know? And I just thought like, again, that was an example of the word being mightier than the sword, the gun, the, the fist, even though I had a martial arts background and I, and I love martial arts, but I, I was taught to use it only in defense. But I, but when I was seeing people burn each other with just words and really just like hurting each other, I was like, whoa, like that's an example of the power of, of hip hop and, and of words. And I, and I tried to get in those freestyle ciphers and, you know, sometimes you would burn someone, they would burn you. And then it's, it's almost a fight, you know, and then mm -hmm. like people have to come in and break it up. And I just thought that was like so exciting. And I looked up to people like, like Eminem and Lil Wayne that just had crazy wordplay. Um, and through freestyling, I was like, I got, I got into hip hop. And then I was like, well, I really want to write. I really want to write a song. I want to make a song. And I just didn't have any access. I wasn't one of those people that was really into like audio engineering and, and stuff like that. Um, I had some friends that did some stuff like that. Um, first time I got into a studio, I don't remember exactly when it was, but it was such an interesting experience for me. I went to a professional studio and I didn't even really record at home before. I know a lot of people do like home recordings and stuff before they went to a professional studio. My first time really recording was at a professional studio. My engineer, uh, it, was, it, it was so long ago and I didn't really go to that studio that much, but my engineer actually, he told me he, he had engineered for Pac in the past. So right wow. then and there, it's like, oh, whoa. It's like, this is crazy. This is some like- It's connecting. Number. It's connecting, yeah, exactly. It's falling into place. And I'm like, okay, okay. I recorded a song right there, recorded a few songs, started playing them for my friends. They were like, oh yeah, that's dope. That's dope, bro. Oh, that's you, that's you. Like they couldn't even believe it. And sometimes I would just like play, I would just like pop the CD in the car and uh, I would just play the song and I wouldn't even say who it was. I was like, look at this guy. Look at this guy who I found. What do you think of him? <laughs> You know, what do you think of get him? feedback? I love that. Yeah. I'm like, look, I'm going to put you on to someone right now, you know? And then they, they would hear the song and they would be like, yeah, that was dope. Who was that? And I'm like, yeah, that was me. That was me, bro. And then they're like, oh, word. Like, 
you got to keep, you got to keep going, you know? And, um, I spent a long time, um, trying to emulate, uh, what was hot at the time following trends, you know, but really always wanting to, um, kind of fall into my own, my own sound, my own wave. And I constructed that over time without putting all that stuff out, you know, like some people, some some artists they put out music throughout their journey developing like maybe when they're very amateurish you know and then they get better and they kind of like allow people to to see that and access that i didn't want to do that i wanted to really mature as an artist perfect my craft have an, have a sound that i believe is mine and have content matter that I feel is going to be different than everybody else. And, um, and I, and I spent that time to myself. And then finally, when I felt I was ready, I, I started putting out songs and working with, uh, working with a, a few amazing producers and engineers that, uh, like I really, I'm so, I'm so confident in that I finally found them through this journey. And, um, we're putting we're putting out good, good very high quality clean music and uh i feel like it's it's up there with with every anybody's music i feel like it's really professionally professionally done who are some of the producers that you worked with mostly all guys that i met online guys okay men and women they're all people i met online and they're international and some of them are just amazing um i'm looking forward to showcasing myself i want to eventually get a record label together and start showcasing some more artists some more producers you know and give give people an outlet and give people a voice who are some producers that you would like to work with um metro boomin off top um nav you know he's an artist and producer um oh like let me see some of the some of the bay area guys uh yeah, yeah, DJ Mustard, LA. Um, someone, someone like 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 Rick Rock. He 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 kind of was instrumental in the whole like hyphy movement and the hyphy and that sound and the Bay Area sound. Um, yeah, yeah, those are a few um, other people. Some other names from Atlanta. Um, some some of the like the eight eight oh eight Mafia. You know, yeah, those are just some names off top. I think that's a pretty solid list. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I respect all those people. Let's talk about the visualizer for ice because I'm pretty obsessed with it. Oh, okay. I think that the visuals, because even the aesthetic on your Instagram is really dope and it ties in with the visualizer for ice. Um, mm-hmm. So just talk about how that came together. So for me, um, just I love art, you know, and I want, and I'm doing this, and I'm looking at it from all angles and I want all my visuals to, to be, you know, to be beautiful for lack of a better word, you know, and they, and they are. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, working with great people and designing a theme around each song. The next song I'm dropping, I'm probably going to work with a few of the same artists and we're going to get together some, some great artwork for that, some cover art, some promotion material. 
a visualizer for sure. Then looking forward to shooting a video. You're going to do the video for Ice or for the next song? Yeah, it'll probably be for the next song, but it also could be for Ice, actually. That's dope. So then you have new music on the way? Yeah, I got new music on the way that I've been working on. And I'm really looking forward to dropping this next song. And it should be dropping in the next couple of months. It's different. It's, it's uh, I'm kind of bending genres. I'm kind of just, this whole year I'm going to be dropping singles, basically. Mm-hmm. So these songs might have nothing to do with each other and might be their own thing completely. This next song is nothing like Ice. And I, and I don't know if the song after that will be anything like the next song or Ice. Either. Yeah, yeah. No, that's dope. Make sure when you drop, you send us all your singles. So that way we can keep putting them out on the airwaves. Oh, appreciate that. Appreciate of course. that. Definitely do that. What are some things that you need to create a vibe in the studio? That's a great question. Um, I, need, I need lighting. The lighting has to be right. The lighting has to be right. I need the right people in there. I can't have any negative, weird energy in there. I need to have water, you know, and I'm, and I'm kind of specific on <laughs> like which <laughs> brands or whatever I need. Which I brands? Okay, so. Shout them out. Fiji. Yeah, Fiji, that artesian coming out of the ground from <laughs> thousands of years ago. Um, you know, Crystal Geyser. I really like Crystal Geyser. Spring water. Um, not a fan of Arrowhead. And I got to have certain snacks, certain candies. Um, what kind of snacks? Because we are big on snacks on this show. We're okay. trying to get a Welch's fruit snack sponsorship. That's like our oh, really? Welch's fruit snacks are bomb. And, <laughs> and I enjoy them because they're like, I don't know, mostly natural or whatever. They're supposed mm-hmm. to be like kind of healthy or whatever. But what I'm really, really, really into is Gushers Super oh, Sour. So good. Super Sour specifically. Have you ever had those? Yes. Gotta have the super sour gushers. That's a tradition. And they're they don't sell them everywhere. But they're fairly easy to find, but not as easy to find as like regular gushers. So I gotta have those. I miss gushers. They're out there. They're out there? Yeah. Yeah. Hey Lady D, uh Ali Elohim, nice to talk to you. Um Yeah, she just got out of work. So fortunately she's actually well you're in the car, right? Yeah, I'm in the car. That's all. I was like, does it sound clear? Yeah, it's it's decent. It's not the best, but it'll work. Okay. Yes. If I'm messing it up, just kick me out. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> all right. So chips, gushers, a couple Gushy. other snacks, and water. Yeah. Yeah. And lighting. So- what kind of lighting though? Because creatives are very particular. It like it's either like got to be all dark and it's got to be neon lights or it's got to be like full sunlight. So what do you prefer in the studio? Okay, okay. Um, I, I like some colors, and I like it to be dim. Um, I don't really like the sunlight. Um, I haven't been to too many studios that have windows, maybe just a few. And I went to one that had a, that had a nice view. Um, it was in downtown LA, and I got a cool view of the skyline or whatever, and 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 the sun. But and it was okay, and. It just depends what mood I'm in. Sometimes I want I want to do like a nighttime session. Sometimes I want to do a daytime session. And for a daytime session, sometimes I do want to see a little bit of sunlight. But for the nighttime sessions, I need I need uh I need lights. I need like LED, you know, and I need to 
have the colors right. Yeah. So who would be your dream collab? If you could collab with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? Tupac. I knew you were going to say that. Without a doubt. When you said dead or alive, I was hoping you would say <laughs> dead or alive because most of the people that I would want to collab with are no longer here with us in the physical form. Which is sad. But they're still there. And it's Tupac for sure. What kind of beats do you like? Is it like just boom back or do you like those out there instru- instruments like like keys and strings and stuff up in the beats and stuff? Yeah. So I'm kind of all over the place with beats. I just have to, it's hard for me to describe. I just have to hear it. I just have to hear it. And um, beat picking is something that I pride myself on. I feel like the beats I pick, they're special to me. And they inspire me to write. That's, that's normally my process. And, and then I hope, you know, that that authenticity translates and uh, other people enjoy the songs as well. Have you ever been like in the room while somebody was making a beat like for you? Have you ever contribute and be like, add this in there? Or what if what if, what if we put this little sound? Um, yeah, I, I I did do that. I did do that. I've also had a producer make me a beat from scratch, and I and I tell them, hey, uh, and like make me one like this song. Like give them a few references. Like right. give me give me something like this, but put your own twist on it. I've done that as well. Um, but my favorite is just discovering, I have like a big group of producers that are constantly sending me stuff and just discovering the hidden gems, you know, just like going through them and taking time to go through them and just finding certain beats that are already made and I didn't have any input on them. Okay, well, if you did like anybody who was alive, who would it be? Yeah, who are you bumping now? I mean, if they died last year or something like that, that's okay, but... There was a few new people, like, young guys that I really, really respected, and they both passed within, like, the last five years, and that's Lil Peep and Juice World. Okay, see? I love Juice World. That was very sad. Me too. Rest in peace, Juice World. It was really sad, um, just because the music of both those guys, like, I I really feel their music, um... And it was a sad loss. Yeah, I mean, as far as people alive, you know, I respect Drake, Travis Scott, you know, huge artists that have just are completely mainstream pop, you know, and and are just increasing the listening base of hip hop. What if somebody told you you couldn't do hip hop anymore? What other genre would you do? (laughs) That's a good Um, question. Some people say country and I'm like, what? Yeah. Okay, I like to do hip hop, but I like to blend in elements of, at times, reggae and dance hall, at times, punk, and at times, some R&B. What are some goals that you have for yourself in 2021? Okay, in 2021, I want to drop at least three songs, and I want to have amazing visuals for all those songs definitely a few videos and I'm very selective with who, who I'm looking to make those videos with. I'm already in talks with a lot of different people. I, when I want to do it, I want to, I want to do it right. So yeah. And if anybody's like, like anybody, any talent out there, you know, like if you make videos, like I'm in California, but 
you know, right now everyone's linking, linking up through Zoom and, and all the different types of social media. So like, okay, my email is doclumusic, D-O-C-L-O-U-M-U-S-I-C at Gmail. Um, I'm just on Instagram right now. It's Ali, A-L-I dot Elohim, E-L-O-H-I-M dot music. That's my Instagram. And I'm always willing to work with, with talent, you know, um, like I said earlier in the interview, I am looking towards starting an independent record label. So producers, engineers, rappers, singers, writers, and anything else, just reach out. He's on the lookout. Mm-hmm. So uh, you seem to be huge on visuals and, and calculated. So I need to ask you about this pendant that you're wearing right now. Oh, yeah. I, d- I designed this myself. You designed it? Yeah. Hypnotizing people. <laughs> I keep looking at it. I'm like, <laughs> this is <laughs> This is a Middle Eastern thing. I'm sure you guys are familiar with it. It's, it's worldwide, but I designed my own. I selected the stones, the way uh, the, the ratios are of the sizes and everything. Like it caught my eye when you logged on. Jewelry line? Can we like get this jewelry? Unfortunately, I'm only designing jewelry for myself at the time. But jewelry has always been a passion of mine. So who knows in the future what will happen. Paul Wall was doing it, right? Yeah, he teamed up with, I think, TV Johnny. Who knows? Hey, hey, if if there's a jeweler out there, you know, we can talk too. So, so reach out. All right, and I have one more deep question for you because it's Women's History Month this month. So I wanted to get at least one of those questions in. So who is a woman that had a significant impact on your life? Honestly, you know, this is very sad because my aunt, and she tragically passed away just a couple weeks ago. And I'm, I'm deeply, deeply mourning the loss and I'll miss her dearly. She was, she was a special woman and uh, she, she deeply impacted me in my life. I'm so sorry for your loss and thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. Thank thank you both. All right. And then just what can we expect next? More music, more visuals, just going up, just going up from here, you know, putting out quality stuff. That's, that's all I want to do. I might not, for me, it's, it's, it's quality over quantity. We love that. Yeah, definitely love that. And then do you have anything else you want to say to the, to the listeners? I just wanted to say, you know, I appreciate every supporter, every fan, every stream, every play. I'm not one of these, these people, one of these artists that, that thinks they're, that they're better than their audience or anything like that. Um, uh, I am you, you are me. That's how I feel about it. Ice, check out Ice on YouTube. Ice by Ali Elohim. Check it out on Spotify. Ice by Ali Elohim. Ice, I-C-E. Yeah, I'm just, I'm looking forward to, you know, connecting with as many people as possible. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Oh, no, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Welcome back to In The Field Radio. I'm Aaron Boogie. I'm here with Lady D. What's going on? I hope you all enjoyed that interview as much as we did.
Yeah, and, and I love how, you know, he allowed himself to be vulnerable and tell us what he told us. So prayers out to his family um, and dealing with that. That was such a good moment in the interview. And I love that, like the amount of emotion that he showed from a question about females since it's women's history month that was like really important to me for that question to happen and then the way it was answered was beautiful and so like I could not have asked for a better response to that at all especially as a man to be impacted in that way by a woman you know sometimes that's like a huge question in society so uh shout out to the women this month yeah that that was a big deal for me in the sense that I almost wanted to do all women interviews for this month. And then I thought, okay, well, we've already not done that. So how can we incorporate that into the interview? And so it, it, it turned out to be a really good moment. Yes. Like a crazy moment happened. This chief retired and I've been with this chief, like my whole career in the military and we've had our ups and downs. I was very young and all of this. I basically felt like this guy hated me. I felt like he just started kind of liking me. Um, so he retired today. And the last thing he says to me is like, I'm really proud of you, which is like the last thing I would ever expect this guy to say to me. And he was like, you know, I heard you really rocked it on a deployment. Like you did your thing and that's great. And I'm like, yes. And then I started thinking about like, I have friends that are master sergeants now like two of them are in control of their own sections and things and i'm like we have our, our first shirt is a woman i'm like there's a lot of women leadership in my unit so if any of you hear this or anybody in the unit hears this shout out to them and that's that that's all i want to say about that shout out to your unit and thank you guys for your service thanks and you had the little video up on the on the instagram page of you looking all cute with your uniform and your mask yeah i have lashes on i got my makeup on because i thought i was going to get an award because i i know i have the award i just have been waiting for them to present it in front of everyone and so i keep thinking they're gonna do it and put makeup on and then they don't so then i just go on snapchat womp womp well this coming friday you can catch us rocking out with two humble podcasts so you can see our beautiful faces then on their live and our live will definitely go live for that yeah you can uh go to the facebook page we'll be live we'll be live on the instagram page at in the field radio and i think if i feel really you know, ambitious. I think I might try it on YouTube. I might try my whole Streamlabs setup over there. Well, you know what we could do too is we could actually, if we use like uh, Restreamio or one of those, we could stream from our website live too. Oh my God. So in the field radio.com. You know, we've never done that before. So that'll be exciting. So whatever you want to do, you're going to see us live on there. Oh, and like I'm coming with a, with a hot 16. So it's going to be exciting. Since Deb's freestyling, y'all better make sure you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, check out our website, follow us on YouTube. We're in the field radio everywhere. Make sure you hit up Two Humble Productions LLC, right? Is there yeah. IG? Um, follow them at Two Humble Productions on Facebook. So that way, if you can't catch us on our socials, you could definitely catch them, catch us on their socials and follow them anyway. They're definitely some pod family. And they're on every day, every day live. So I don't know how they do it. I, I don't know either. So kudos to them. That's stamina. 
And then uh, we'll be back next Monday. We got Austin Fillmore from Chicago as our guest. And yeah, I think that's it for me. You got anything else? Uh, I'm upset that you started Game of Thrones, but you know why I might start it too? Because I didn't start, I didn't do Power like I was supposed to. So we got to pick a show. Maybe you should start Power before you start Game of Thrones. It's only one season compared to like eight. I don't know. But tell us what show we should discuss. Like let's, let's TV together. Yeah, please. Info at inthefieldradio.com. Let us know what you're watching and we, what we should tune into. Right now, I'm about to get into the Oprah, Meghan Markle, and the Prince interview. Sounds messy. All right. That, that's all I got, man. All right. We'll catch you all next week. Thank you for rocking out with In the Field Radio.